Big or small, a cattle outfit is only as good as the horses they ride. It matters not what time of year, the color, or the breed, or even whether you're standing north or south of the river. In Texas, there are only four cowpony temperaments to be found. The jumpy, the good-natured, the loner, or the all-but-unbroken. Cowboy knew this. He also knew that a man cannot teach a horse without being taught in return. The many miles he rode on Dusty begat their friendship. Countless days they spent together forged their trust. Cowboy believed that with a good horse beneath him and a dependable rifle within reach, he could trek just about anywhere in cattle country to get work done for the brand. His big buckskin was no longer a colt, although Dusty had not been much older when Cowboy chanced to saddle him the first time. Now the wrangler let his horse, still strong in his gait, lead the way down the trail. For three days they followed the river south until horse and rider came to the old military highway. That worn dirt road extended west as far as El Paso. After crossing over the Pecos, to the east it made its way to San Antonio. Cowboy turned dusty now headed toward the Alamo City. At the horizon's edge, bumping up from constant flats that seemed only interrupted by occasional curly mesquite clusters and knots of buffalo grass, the wrangler saw the beginnings of the central hill country. Dusty, he said, best to start remembering where it was we last saw Emma. I calculate by sundown tomorrow we'll be close, and we got that promise to keep. That recollection, together with the mild air and bright sunshine, brought the cowman much contentment. The mood stayed with him as they veered off the broad throughway to take a lesser road used by freighters and mail coaches to reach the small town started there by hardy German immigrants. Cowboy recalled these Rhinelanders loved to haggle over every little thing. They deemed no detail insignificant. The sun had yet to cross noon meridian when they forded a narrow stream that barely reached Dusty's fetlocks at full depth. Beginning immediately on the opposite shore, an uphill grade began, steep and more rocky than sand. The road held a tight band of shoulder-high vegetation near its crest. This dense rabbit-thorn thicket clustered over an acre or more on both sides of their pathway. As they made their way slowly almost to the top, Cowboy saw that a small clearing opened to his left. He doubted that gap could hold ten small cows or three large longhorns, but his eye was drawn to the commotion unfolding in its midst. By the agonizing cries, the horse sounded in serious pain. The gelding tried in vain to loosen the grip of the man standing on the ground, beating him across the withers. That distinct sound of leather-striking flesh stared Cowboy's anger. He wheeled the buckskin in that direction. Almost without urging, Dusty sprinted toward the bully at full gallop. As they approached, Cowboy could see the cruel assailant to be a young man of 18 or 19 years. His hat lay stomped on the ground, one suspender fallen off the shoulder now draped across his elbow. Neither hearing nor seeing the encroaching horse and rider, the young man dropped the belt from his hand to pick a coiled lariat up from the ground. He seemed single-minded to continue the brutal flogging. "'Stop that, you crockhead!' Cowboy yelled. "'You got no call to whip an animal like that!' He reined in Dusty with one hand as he leaned out over the saddle. The wrangler caught the rope's loop as it reached the top of its backward arc, 
he slid quickly to the ground, still clinging the lariat. Without too much effort, Cowboy won the brief tug-of-war, ending with his complete possession of the rope. For his part, the young man looked neither chastised or concerned, let alone afraid. He spoke first. "'As you, old man, I'd get on my horse and ride away from things that ain't none your business.' Cowboy calculated that he was not old enough to be this boy's father by any stretch, and second, that he'd seen this hot-headedness many times before. All too often in those rough-and-tumble supply towns along the trail, some rider from another outfit would spoil loudly for a fight. The reason didn't really matter. Neither did the victim. "'Well, I ain't you, Pendejo,' Cowboy said in quiet tones. "'Cause I know that twenty miles in one direction and forty in the other with no town in sight is not the place to be crippling my only means of getting there.'